Hey everybody, welcome to another night of Walk It Out. I'm Gretchen Cannon. I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church, and it is so good to have you join me. This is our first Monday night episode, and so we're at the beginning of the week instead of the end. I hope your Monday was great, uh, especially if you're watching this live. Let me know how your, how your day was. Uh, I want to go ahead and pray for us before we continue into part three of Balanced Christianity. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you created us to be conformed to your image and that you gave us the privilege and the honor to live a life connected to you with no restrictions. How awesome is that? Thank you so much that your kingdom is something that you have in store for us here on earth, not just when we get to heaven. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've talked the last couple of weeks about balanced Christianity and how Jesus lived a life of up with the Father, in with his close relationships, and out with the crowd. And last week, man, if you didn't catch the episode, you need to jump on and catch part two. I had my friend Karen with me, and it was just a fantastic time of just hearing like realness from her about how this isn't just something in scripture anymore, but it's actually something that the Lord uses to speak to her life for her to change her mind about how she's living and thinking and believe the good news of his truth. And so she read for us as well as me the first week out of Luke 6 verses 12 through 19. That's just a perfect snapshot of Jesus living the up, the in, and the out, and how it flows all from the up. And so I want to talk to you a a few minutes about, uh, I want to read you another passage in Mark um, where Jesus showed us that as well. And then I want to look at Saul becoming Paul and how we saw that. And then I want to dive into what up is all about. So let's get started. Mark 1 uh, verses 35 through 39 is what I'm going to read. And it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And this is talking about Jesus. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And that was his inn, right? He departed to a solitary place with the up, and the, his inn, his close relationships, were searching for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let's go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all of Galilee, casting out demons. So he didn't say, leave me alone, I was with the Father. He didn't say, hey, I don't have time for you. He said, let us, I'm going to take your, my close relationships with me to go into the next towns to preach the gospel, to cast out demons. Right here, he modeled up, in, and out for us. He first went away with the Father before he did anything else. And out of that connection, out of that life union, abundance just like came out of him and went uh, into the crowds in all of the nearby towns as he took his in with him. I want to read for you a little bit of Acts 9 and I'm going to skip around just a touch, 
but we're going to kind of start in verse 3. We're going to end in verse 20. And so if you want to go back and catch this um, in, in more detail, I would encourage you to. And so this is Saul is where we're starting out. It says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembled, astonished, and said to the Lord, What do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul walked out his obedience, right here in verse 8. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. So then it comes to the Lord, it shifts to a scene with Ananias. And where there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord came to him in a vision and said, Ananias, arise and go into the streets called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, and I do not want to do it. That's the Gretchen translation. Verse 15 says, The Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went. He went to him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who has appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Received a spiritual sight, and then he received like new lenses for him to look through, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19 says, So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. And then immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. So right here, Saul had an encounter with Jesus on the road. Then he spent time in prayer. And then he had an encounter with, An- with Jesus through Ananias. He received a sight. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then he got fed natural food and was strengthened. Then it said he spent some days with the disciples. That was a safe place for him. That was his end, like the safe place. And then he went out and immediately preached Christ. It shows right there the flow, like everything has to come from our relationship with the Lord. I want to read for you um, a quote here out of uh, um, from A.W. Tozer, because like we're created to actively engage 
in the upward dimension, the spirit life with the living Christ. And so A.W. Tozer talks about this balanced way and expressed it this way. He said, God formed us for his pleasure and so formed us that we, as well as he, can in divine communion enjoy sweet and mysterious mingling of kindred personalities. He meant us to see him and live with him and draw our life from his smile. Now think about that. For us to draw our life from him and even his smile, like a question for you might be, can you remember God's smile? Like if you haven't experienced it lately, then your up dimension is out of balance. How can you help somebody else experience something that you are not even familiar with? And how can you even help them know they're experiencing it if you haven't experienced it yourself? Like in order for us to be Jesus in the in and the out, we have to know who he is. And that doesn't mean like you have to arrive to some standard. We talked about that last week or get to some place of maturity. It just means like you have to be, you have to like, what does it look like? What does he look like? What does he sound like? So when Ananias came in to speak to Saul, Saul had already been in that communion, that connection with the Lord. He knew that the Lord was sending Ananias. He was waiting in anticipation because he already knew the Lord's voice. Even though he couldn't physically see, he already saw the Lord's smile. He already knew what he looked like. And so sometimes, like when we get out of balance in our up relationship with the Father, we forget his character. Like we remember the good times and we might even remember the fruit, but sometimes we, we forget his character. We forget who he is. Like so much of our life needs to be living intimately with Christ. And it's simple, yet it's so hard. We know we should do it, but sometimes we just don't. Like in John 15, it says, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that he bears, that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So thinking about even having relationships with the in where your spirit-to-spirit connection is present, where you're building each other up in the most holy faith. Like, it's hard. Right here, Jesus said you can't do it. You can't do anything apart from him. And so what does it look like to have an up relationship with the Father? And so I just want to share a little bit about my personal journey and what that looks like. And even a healthy rhythm that I need for myself, but also you need to find for yourself. And so several aspects of my up journey with him 
as I sit with the Lord. Now, sitting with the Lord to me is different than abiding. But when you sit with the Lord, you are abiding. But I don't sit with the Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But I do have purposeful times to sit with the Lord. And as he gives me truth, then I chew on it throughout the day. I think on it. And it doesn't consume all my thoughts, but it's always there. It's just little things that keep coming back. Like, is there ever a task or an appointment that you're supposed to do or meet and it's continually there in your mind? That's what it's like to stay abiding. He's continually there in my mind. Now, when I get in the flesh, I've shut that part of my mind off, right? My, my will and my emotions, when they get out of line from him, I've shut that off. But we are to... We are to abide in our mind, our will, and our emotions just like our spirit as born-again New Covenant believers abides all the time. And so as I've gotten a healthy rhythm for me of sitting with the Lord, it looks like this. Every day I sit with Him. Now, the last week or two, I've changed my rhythm, and it's 5 a.m., and that's when I sit with the Lord. And I sit with the Lord for about an hour, give or take. And so this morning, it was an hour and a half. Yesterday morning, uh, it was a little less. It was around an hour. The morning before, it was a couple. And so it just looks a little different. But just how Karen spoke about last week in our live stream, like when you discipline yourself, like I am not a morning person. So a 5 a.m. alarm to me is no fun. I don't like lights in the morning. I don't like, I just need to, and I wish I drank coffee. I hear coffee helps with some of that. I have tried and it has not worked for me. But it's, it's a discipline. And now it's becoming a delight. Like, I'm enjoying it. Now, I always enjoy my time with the Lord. But even to get up. And so yesterday morning, I woke up, actually last two mornings, I woke up before my 5 a.m. alarm, anticipating the time that I was going to spend with him. And as I continue to do that, he's going to give me desires within my heart that are his desires. Why? Because I'm staying in that connection with him. But actually sitting with him for me looks like that time period. And um, I do in that time period. I have worship going and I'm worshiping. I, I work through praying uh, through different things, whether it's for my children or for myself or just uh, for Grace Church, for those that I disciple. I just pray. Sometimes I'm just giving thanksgiving to him, reminding myself of who he is and his character towards me, but also just lavishing praise on him. And then part of the time is I get in his word and I, I use the tool and I did a series on it called Eat the Word. And I get into scripture and I eat the word and I let him speak a rhema word to my heart that embers faith inside of me. And that is what my daily rhythm looks like. Now, I also have a time in the evening and then um, and usually kind of when I'm winding down, I'm more of a night owl. And uh, I feel like until this last week, I've, I'm more coherent at night. And so things are kind of shifting for me in my daily rhythm. But then I have a weekly rhythm of most all Friday, most every Friday morning and sometimes all day on a Friday. I spend with him. Now, this last week, uh, my kids were virtual, and I did not get that because we, they had school assignments. They had to be helped to stay on task. And so instead, I shifted to Saturday morning. 
And I got up early, not on purpose, just woke up. I text my family. Hey, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. Uh, I'll see you guys at 1030. And, um, and everybody knew. Now, they also knew that they could come in. And sometimes my boys come in. If I'm in the devotion room or if I'm in my bed, they'll come and sit down with me and read read while I'm there. Talk to me about what I'm talking about like or what I'm reading, what I'm in, as well as my husband. And so like it doesn't always mean I'm alone, but there's not a lot of communication. I'm not sewing into any of them like I'm receiving and I'm letting the father sew into me. And then I have a rhythm of maybe two, I'd say two to four times a year. I get away. I have some friends that are very gracious to me that have a a lake house and I'm able to get away for several days. Sometimes it's during the week. Sometimes it's on a weekend, depending on the season and what's going on. I just get away. And like, it's a true Sabbath, but it also is just going up the mountain with him. And even in a in another week or so, one of my uh, partners in ministry, her and I are going to get away to the mountains for four or five days. We're just going to spend time with the Lord. And so that is what it looks like for me to have a good, healthy rhythm of up with the Lord. And it's not just setting in scripture. It's not just worship. It's not just prayer. It's not just journaling and processing the things in my heart with him. It's all of it. It's the complete and total package. And it's very simple, but yet it's very hard because you have to discipline yourself like Psalm 37, 3 and 4 says to to trust in the Lord, to feed on his faithfulness, to do good. And then it goes into, and that's all discipline. And then it goes into delight in the Lord. And then it says, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And it's in that order for a reason. But even though sometimes it's hard, the truth is, like, he's already there waiting on us. And, you know, if you had a date with somebody, whether it's your spouse or your child or your best friend or your parent, like, and they were there waiting, wouldn't it be rude to ignore their presence and not show up? Like, in the the new covenant, like, he doesn't hold all of that against us. But like, if we love the Lord, we are purposeful about being in his presence and just dialoguing and communing with him. So I just encourage you to find whatever rhythm it looks like for you in, in up. And as always, like if you have questions or you need equipped, like you need to learn these things, email me at Gretchen at gracechurch.community. And I'll be happy to connect you with somebody just to dialogue about what it looks like for you to have a healthy dimensional relationship of the up with the Lord. So then your in and your out can flow out of that as it's designed and how we saw Jesus live. So I'm going to pray for us and uh, just want to thank you for being on with with me and uh, just experiencing this journey together of what it actually looks like to walk out balanced Christianity. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your example, like that Jesus chose to come in human form and walk out his obedience to you as Father to show us that we can do the same. 
And so, Lord, I just ask whatever was spoken to the hearts of those listening, I know what was spoken to mine, that you would you would make it clear, not necessarily all the little steps, but what it looks like to have a relationship with you and how much you desire it. And Father, that they would ask themselves, like, what is my obedience into this? And then they would go walk it out. Thank you for who you are, who you are to each and every person, no matter if we believe it or not. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.